You know what's the Torah portion this month, everybody? This week, I mean? What is it? Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha, mi artzacha, mi muladacha, mi beit avicha. So this Torah portion begins this very Shabbat, and our tradition tells us, so the particular Jewish story begins. As our ancestor Avraham, then Abram, hears the words, as he dwelt in Haran, an ancient city in the Middle East, he hears that call, a call to go and leave the familiar, leave the land he knew, the place of his birth, his father and mother's house, and journey towards a land that God would show or vision for him. Now the Midrash wonders, why does Abraham get to hear this call? Why is he the progenitor of Judaism? Because unlike Noah, at this early point, we know little about Avram. We're not told, like Noah, that he walks with God. We're not told that he's righteous in his day. All we are told is that he hears this call and he responds and begins a journey in which God tells him as well to strive to be a bracha, to be a blessing. So the rabbis struggle. Why was he chosen? And we know he's the first to advocate monotheism, they say, but that's not enough for them. In their whimsical way, they have to fill in the blanks. And so the Midrash, as you know, the famous Midrash, so famous people think it's in the Torah, reaches the conclusion that Avram did this because, despite of her, because his father was a purveyor of what, everybody? Of idols. He was in the idol business. Maybe the used idol business, I don't know. <laughs> Realizing that they cannot be God, but our only image is carved in stone, he smashes them with a stick, except for the largest idol. And when his dad comes down in the Midrash and asks, what could have happened to my shop? Avram responds that there was a fight in the store over who would eat first, and the largest idol prevailed. They can do no such things, his father cried out. And so the Midrash concludes with Avram saying, let your ears hear what your mouth is saying. And he starts the road to ethical monotheism. Or he simply found out a way to get out of his father's business. I don't know. Well, what were the idols that Avram was really smashing? What spiritual idols do we, 3,000 years later, still need to abandon? One way of understanding that Avram is chosen is that he was one who ultimately chose himself, as we must do in our own spiritual journey. He heard a call inside himself and began to seek a new understanding of holiness and how that could affect and bring meaning to his life. He chose to seek God's presence as being integral to his everyday reality, an indescribable wonder or blessing that would be a part of everything and that would encourage him and others to live on a higher plane. He sought to infuse his existence, perhaps, with deeper, deeper spiritual and ethical meaning. Yes, we do credit Avram with being 
the first ethical monotheist and for advocating for what we recite in every service when we say Shema. That there is this one that unites or is behind all existence. And yet I sometimes wonder, I know, when there are those of us who choose to reject that possibility, that there could be that one out of disappointment in our lives because that which we call God didn't change our direction for the better, didn't stop someone we love from dying, didn't end some world horror like Ebola. Sometimes in our disappointment in life, we abandon the possibility of the one in favor of the conclusion that there is actually nothing. Well, in this very portion, Lech Lecha, our Avram, who hears the call and answers it, the Torah tells us he himself experiences after that call profound disappointment. He's told that the land that God was going to give to him won't be given to him right away, but to his generations. He worries that he won't have any children. And when he gets to the land, it isn't flowing with milk and honey, but it's in a state of drought. A drought so difficult that he and Sarai have to flee to Egypt, where to protect himself, what does he pretend Sarai is? Not his wife, but his sister. You know you're in bad situation if you have to do that. It doesn't tell us that he prays to God there to help him. And so clearly the text wants us to understand that Avram's journey, like our journey can be, was filled with disappointments. And yet, if he believed that God was simply a gift giver, the instant miracle maker, like a genie who fulfills our three wishes, the giants are done, no. <laughs> he would have abandoned this spiritual journey just right after it had begun. But you see, Avram smashed that God idea. He had abandoned that idol long ago. He understood that God is the one who helps you to go forward when you're exhausted or in despair, who gives you courage to face your life's challenges even when you're exhausted and unable to, even when you're numb or afraid. God is the power who helps to see beauty and wonder in life when we might be blind to it, the force who renews our hope when sometimes on our journey we feel hopeless and stuck. That which tells us we can be the miracle makers and fix what is broken in the world. You know, most people start the Parsha at Lech Lecha, of course, but Avram's journey starts the Parsha before. And so if you read a few lines before this Parsha in Breshit, you meet him and his family there. And you find out that before the call, Avram's family was already on their way to Canaan. His father was already bringing him to that land of promise, but he died along the way. The journey stopped for whatever reason. I assume that Avram got stuck in depression because of his grief or was afraid, wondering whether or not he could now be the leader of the family. Perhaps it's in that moment that he learned that God can be the thing that calls you out of despondency and tells you that you can start anew, 
that we can go forward despite our disappointments and live lives of meaning. Lech Lecha, he finally hears. And this chapter of the human experience, this idle, abandoning religion called Judaism is born. Well, I pray that when we're disappointed in life, that that sense of God's calling can be present to you. I pray that that sense of God is present for those families in Marysville, Washington, near Seattle, where we come from, who are mourning the senseless loss of life as a result of gun violence, will be present for them and comfort them. And I pray that perhaps we will soon smash the idol of gun worship in this country. I pray that sense of God is there for the Iraqis I read about in today's paper who survived a massacre by ISIS, a massacre that the world barely noticed. May we soon smash the idol of national extreme, nationalist extremism in that and all parts of the world. I pray that that sense of God can be present for you and for me and can help us begin our journey towards holiness, towards hope, and towards a continuous sense of gratitude and wonder as we make our way forward in this life. The calling is always calling, lech lecha, to you and to me. Go forth, God says, leave behind your idols and let my holiness be a part of your life, helping you to be what I challenged Avram to be those many years ago, despite life's fragility, despite its disappointments and at times its unfairness. You can yet be a blessing to yourself and to this world. Amen.